Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Wiersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Yeah, that's a lot of power. So bring to you the people, places, and things to help you live your dream, to discover something new, maybe to have some fun, be entertained. That is the purpose of Boost Power Podcast. And you are lucky that today you tuned in. Shay Sparks is full of the energy of her name. She is an amazing amount of love and kindness and leadership ability. She has a foundation. She is a host. She's a professional producer. Uh, And you're thinking, well, she must be like 100 years old with all those accolades, and she is not. She is a sweet, young thing, and I'm so lucky to have her on the show today. She's the Chief Excitement Officer, the CEO of Sparks International Ladies and gentlemen of the world, open up your hearts and welcome Shay Sparks. Uh, Betsy, thank you so much for having me. And I love that uh, introduction. You could just go before me anytime I go anywhere and, and, and to introduce me. You know, I maybe that. we should invent something for conventions that would be really funny, like a little, <laughs> those little recordable, you know, there used to be recordable greeting cards. And uh, yeah. to promote my business years ago, I did one. Welcome to the world of Weersma. And you opened up a little box, right? And it had stuff in it. Maybe I just do that introduction. You wear it on your lapel and you say, just a minute. And you push it. Yeah. And I can introduce you to all of your <laughs> new friends. I know we're laughing, I love that. but we could invent that. You know? We could, we could, we could. You and me. Well, uh, as you know, the whole purpose of Boost Power Podcast, and you are a fellow podcaster yourself. So this is even more fun for me. Um, I love to tell the stories of women. And I love for people listening to just have a moment that they can uh, learn about you and what you've done with what you've got and uh, maybe be inspired for their own journey. So uh, it all began in a small hospital. We don't have to go all the way back there. But uh, some sometime somewhere, Shay yeah. came into the world. But tell everyone a little bit about your story, um, kind of, you know, when you started to notice who you were turning into or who you were going to be mm-hmm. when you grew up. Um, and maybe some interesting things along the way. Well, it did start in a small hospital in a small town. I grew up on a farm in the middle of uh, Iowa, in the middle of a cornfield. Uh, not the hospital, it was in the middle of a cornfield. But I lived most of my life in the middle of a cornfield. And, uh, you know, I think I was a very inquisitive, curious child, uh, rambunctious, and a little bit of a troublemaker. Uh, a rebel without a cause and just you know, trying to bend the rules and my boundaries as much as possible. And uh, there are a couple of really defining moments happened to me as a a young child that literally have stuck with me my whole life. And two of them, uh, two of them happened in Sunday school. And so I'm just going to dive in really deep if that's okay, Betsy. Yeah. Um, Two of them happened in Sunday school. And one of them was uh, I was sitting there listening to it was Easter time, listening to the Easter story. And I'm between ages eight and 10. And the uh, teacher said the religious people killed Jesus. And I felt as if God himself sat next to me in the chair, the folding chair in, in our basement of our church or in Sunday school and leaned into me and said, 
if the religious people killed Jesus, don't be religious, be like Jesus and love everyone. Whoa. And I, from that point on at a little kid age would go around and say, I don't believe in organized religion. (laughs) Oh, there you go. That's a uh, playground conversation right there. Right. But it was always like, (laughs) and it's funny because I'm like, God, I can't even believe I did that. But that's me. Like that was my personality. Like I just thought outside of the box. And then the other thing that happened uh, was that I was that age range between eight and 10. And I was standing in Sunday school and uh, in the basement of the church. And I was all of a sudden just kind of saw a vision that kind of flashed in front of me and that I was standing on stage speaking to a group of people. And I had no idea what that meant or what that looked like. And it wasn't until um, years, years later, I was actually with my mom watching Oprah and Tony Robbins was on there. And I was thinking to myself, like, huh, I wonder if that is what I'm supposed to be doing, like that whole motivational speaker thing. But I don't want to be him. Right. And nor, <laughs> nor could I be him. Um, and then I don't remember ever saying anything to my mom. But then later, there was a woman on there who was a life coach, and her name was Rhonda Britton. And my mom looked at me and she said, I think that's who you are. And I don't remember ever saying anything to her about the speaker. So I think it's fascinating that she pointed out this life coach. And then years later, as life will twist and turn, I actually met Rhonda Britton at a um, a conference for our website um, and a workshop conference for our website. And I actually trained under her and became a certified fearless living coach. Oh my gosh, I love that story. Yeah, so I I got the goosebumps on that story. That is like so cool. So uh, there's a whole lot of stuff that happened in between there to get me to where I am now. But um, that's kind of where I started. And then in my teenage years, I became a teenage alcoholic and dealt with being bullied. Um, I became a bully. I was dealing with abuse neglect, um, gosh, so many things in childhood, but what always kind of stuck with me was that, um, Jesus was in my pocket and I could bring him out at any point in time and just talk to him about all the stuff that was happening around me or happening to me. And even though I was drinking, uh, by the time I was 15, I was drinking daily, And I got a DUI at 16 and it slowed me down significantly. And that was another defining moment. The morning after my DUI, I woke up and said, okay, God, I get it. I understand what being humble means because first you have to be humiliated. And I am extremely humiliated right now that I got a DUI. And so I said, I also said, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this life. I'm handing it over to you. You do with it what you want. And um, it's not like the movies and the flash, the clap right. of the hands, and life is different. And then the, the but, music comes on. And then, oh, right, right, right. It's, it's, right. It's not the dramatic. You scene walk out and, of the bedroom oh, and everything's different. It's an, all of a sudden like Wizard of Oz, and now we have Technicolor. No. Right. <laughs> it's not, yeah. It's not like that at all. However, it's uh, definitely been unfolding 
all of my life. And uh, I'm, it, it's just amazing to me to think back to here. I was such a, a wounded child in a wounded space, but that spiritual component kept me going because there were times I was even suicidal. Um, I had uh, broken uh, my knee when I was 12 and was in so much pain that I literally was just wanting to die. Oh my goodness. And then being an alcoholic and learning about after I got a DUI and learning through AA, what that really means is that I was just trying to not feel. I was trying to find things that would numb me from thinking about my past, thinking about what's happened to me and thinking about my feelings and how I felt. And I think that humiliation feeling of getting the DUI kind of sums up my entire childhood. I felt humiliated and I dealt with uh, extreme, in my mind, extreme amount of low low self-worth. I didn't really get, I didn't know how to love myself. I didn't understand what that looked like. I didn't understand what needs were or what I needed or how to communicate it. Or I knew how to make people laugh. I knew how to be the life of the party and I knew how to, uh, have fun. (laughs) Those were my goals. Yeah. So I didn't really know how to tap into, um, my feelings or be vulnerable or even pronounce the word. Um, but and that's, that's a very, kinda, very young age. I mean, that's a lot of stuff you just described. People are going through in their 20s and they're oh, going yeah. through. I mean, that you were a little, you know, dealing with, gosh, the onset of hormones and the turning into a woman and all kinds of things on top of all that. You're like, you know, that's yeah. a um, I'm so thankful. I'm sitting here praying, saying thank you that you survived. So I get to know you now because um, that is an awesome journey. I I just have to validate you by saying I used not drugs, but I used work as a mm-hmm. way to not feel. And after I did a practice marriage and survived that and married the wrong guy who said I was too fat to love after being married seven years, that was joyous. And then mm-hmm. after I survived My that. My dad said that, oh, so I get it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And so um, I used work to escape. And when I finally moved to Dallas, Texas, and I went to see this counselor, she said, circle your feelings. She gave me a feeling sheet and I didn't, I couldn't circle any. Right. Like, I don't feel happy. I don't feel sad. I just work. I work. I sleep. Yeah. I think probably I might've had a cocktail occasionally back then. I haven't done that for 30 years, 25 years, but um, it wasn't a substance. It was a, an action, mm-hmm. an overaction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not, not even a breath, you know, like I just got stuff done. So, um, yeah, I totally get that. Well, awesome that you are experienced in that because I always believe that that God in your pocket, that Jesus will use that to yes. help others and uh, send you on. I know everyone's like, don't take a break, Betsy. Come on. She just told us this big story, but we're going to go to break really quick. We'll be right back. You're listening to Boost Power Podcast. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Wiersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. We're back. 
Shay Sparks is here sharing just a little bit about a childhood that gave her, as we call it, opportunity for personal growth (laughs) in learning some things at a very young age that uh, many of us continue to struggle with today. So Shay, this this awakening, this 16-year-old that was getting all this, um, then what? <laughs> then what? <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. Dun, dun, now I'm going to do the music. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, so here I am. I'm at 16 and, um, you know, now I'm, it's mandatory from the court that I go to AA and I really started to kind of unpack really what I would consider the the trip down personal development, even though it wasn't, uh, I wasn't open to it. I started to really, some of the things were started to resonate. Um, and first of all, the reason that, um, or I shouldn't say the reason, one of the things that I did not like in AA is that they have, you know, they kept shoving down my throat. Again, this is my 16 year old words is that I had to, uh, admit that there was a higher power and that he was in charge. And I was like, yeah, God. And they were like adamant about making sure that I did not use that word. Did not use God. They were like, no, it's a higher power. And I was like, well, you can say higher power. I'm choosing to say God. Yeah. And, um, it was found out later, um, after actually, I think it was after I graduated high school because one of the counselors, because the school also made me mandatory counseling because I was in extracurricular activities. I was like, you know, everything that you could possibly imagine in every sport, cheerleader, all the things. Um, but because of that, the school made it mandatory as well for me to do um, counseling, AA counseling. And so they brought someone to the school my counselor for the court mandated and the counselor that came to the school were both caught selling drugs out of the back of the, their office. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And so I, I have learned just by looking back at that circumstance that anytime that there's the, I, I want to be the grain against the wood of what's happening or the ruffle someone's feathers something else is going on. And, and your high intuition probably was picking up on that. And it's weird because I'm like, wow, that is so crazy that I, at 16, didn't even have a clue, but I was absolutely adamant that I am not going to be using the phrase higher power. <laughs> I'm going to use the word God um, because that, that, that resonated with me. And so I think I've kind of went in that kind of world. Like I'm going to do things that resonate with me. Now, I didn't always do it well. In fact, I, I, it's a practice, right? Um, but I didn't even quit drinking. Then I slowed down. Um, I graduated. So then after I got the DUI, then a few months later, my dad left, uh, my mom. And to what you said about your first husband, my dad told me that he was leaving my mom. I had to tell my mom days later because he was actually she was on a conference. He had just dropped her off to go to this women's conference. And then he came back and he's like, I'm leaving. And I'm like, oh, where are you going? He's like, no, no, I'm leaving your mother. And I'm like, why? Here I am at 16 with no license and you're supposed to watch me and you're leaving. Why? And he's like, well, she just gained too much weight. Nice. I love and, that. The fat card, you know? Yeah. That's how mine got he, me. Yeah. And then he pulled out. And when you lose 50 pounds, you'll meet a good husband. There, see, there you go. Yeah. And, you know, not to mention, not once did he ever mention that he had been having an affair for years. Yeah, of course. And 
and so this was the summer before my senior year. I somehow pull it together to get a 4.0 my senior year in high school. I slowed down drinking, but I didn't quit completely, but I had to take care of my mom. I became, you know, her caregiver because she fell apart when I told her. And then her mom fell apart and uh, that we had a whole deal with that whole thing. And so it was, it seemed to be like I had this pattern now in life and my job, my role in life was to be a caregiver. So then jump ahead, I'm in my twenties and I had moved, uh, my dad had actually moved to Kansas city area. So I moved to, to be closer to my dad because before I was in college, I dropped out of college because my goal was to get my PhD in computer science and move to Japan. Cause isn't that what you want to do is run away. Right. <laughs> and that didn't happen. So I, dropped out and moved up with my girlfriends, left off my savings and partied and, you know, hung around some people who did questionable things. And I may or may not have partaken in, in those questionable things. And, um, finally I was like, I'm depressed. I didn't even know that word at the time, but my mom said, I think you're depressed and you need to go live with your dad. And so I did. And here we're trying to create a, a, a friendship, a relationship at this point, I'm 19 and really hadn't had one with him. Um, and then, so of course I had all these other issues that I'm a caregiver and I get into a relationship with a man who's an alcoholic and abusive and he had a double life and he ended up, uh, we move in together and he marries someone else. And there's just so much drama and drama and keeps going and it just keeps going. And then it wasn't until he was in a car accident 12 years later and my life changed completely. He then, uh, I started counseling immediately and I was able to get out of that relationship. And I was able to ask myself, why was I attracted to this relationship? And through the counseling and two books that saved my life boundaries and women who love too much, that's when I changed. And that's when I realized this is familiar all this pattern, all this drama, all of the scares, uh, giving all the things, the no boundaries. Oh my God, this has been my whole life up until then. Now I'm in my mid thirties and I'm like, holy cow. So I started to talk differently to myself, number one, but also to the people around me, especially my family. I started to practice being vulnerable. And at the time I couldn't even pronounce the word. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I would ask my dad when we were talking about things, I said, dad, are you really asking me to do that? Or are you manipulating me? And he had no idea what I was even talking about. So as I started to heal and change and peel the way the, the layers of the onion that I am, it also gave him permission to do the same. And he became my best friend in the last five years of his life. Oh my gosh. There, there's so much in that story. Well, I'm curious then, how does a nice girl like you that have been through that, how do you turn that into this incredible, fearless living coach practice and, you know, Sparks of Fire International and all the good that you're just shimmering with personally, um, vibrancy and life and energy and that you're sprinkling all over the world. So how did you transform it into that? 
Well, for one, I healed, right? I took time to really forgive. I think that's a huge component that most people forget about is that I forgave all the people who's ever hurt me. And I asked for forgiveness from the people that I hurt because hurt people hurt people because they're hurting, right? That's what bullies are. And I, people were hurting me and I then started to hurt other people. So I went through, and in, in, in AA, there's a, 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 one of the things is to make amends. And I did that. I made, I tried to make amends or, or I did make amends, I shall say. And I had completion in a lot of areas with a lot of relationships. Um, Some of them were from, you know, elementary school and junior high age. And some of them was, you know, my family, but I also really started to be not taking things personally how someone else is dealing with what I'm saying is about them. It's not about me, which is a huge lesson that I think most of us don't get. Most of us take everything very personally. And so I realized that my dad was hurting and didn't know how to express himself or know how to love. I didn't know how to love, but I was sure darn to figure it out. And so I just started to practice loving on him the way I needed to be. And it got to the point where he was so awkward when we first hugged each other to now or before he passed away, it was literally like he would reach out to me to hug me and then I'd hug him and then he'd reach out for another one. And I knew that if I had this kind of grace from the healing to transforming the trauma that I've been through and turning it into a treasure by being able to one, build a business from it, but also you know, have the the relationship that I had with my dad, I know other people could too. And I, I was also a hairstylist for um, 28 years for my entire adult life. And I was able to share with my hair clients, like, whoa, my gosh, you're never going to learn. You're never going to understand what I learned this week about myself. I learned I was emotionally unavailable. I mean, can you believe that? <laughs> and they were like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, I don't share my thoughts or feelings with anyone that I love. And they're like, oh, neither do I. What? Right. And they totally so can relate. Then, so then they would go and in, you know, four to six weeks, they would come back and they would tell me that they had a, the conversation that they had been putting off with their parent or their co their coworker or their boss or, you know, their, their husband uh, or, or wife or, you know, child. And it was like, their whole dynamic started to change just by changing the way that we speak to people. And I was like, huh. And then they started to speak life into me. And I had never had anyone at that point speak life into me. So any times that I had in my adult life, it was like, oh, I need to pay attention to that. So they're starting to say things like, oh, you should be a life coach or, oh, you should write a book or, oh, you should start a podcast. And so I just said, okay. And I did all those things. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Why not? And, and it was that, that bit of um, confidence that they had for me that I borrowed. So love then that. I, I love that. So I could then go, you know what? You're right. I can do that. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm sure going to figure it out. And that's kind of what I've done and, and built the, the, all the, all the things and all the platforms because of the things, because of my childhood, because I said, you know what, our childhood decisions shape our adult decisions and I want to have it shape it to where it makes a difference. 
Well, and I, I would add too, I think like me having a practice marriage, me having two hip replacements, I had my hip went sour, it gave me metal poisoning throughout my whole body, it had to be replaced. Mm-hmm. You know, like all the stuff that I have been through and relearning to walk two times and starting up, you know, being a small business and funding everything that I've ever done. And I think God uses all of that for the day yes. I sat I sat next to a young girl on a plane and struck up a conversation about something. Next thing she confides in me, she's being abused by an older man and a boyfriend. Now, my entrepreneurial background didn't help her, but my open heart and my willingness to connect yes. was standing there for her to be her angel to say, I want to, I'm a stranger and I want to give you permission that you don't have to be treated that way. Right? Yeah. Um, your experience in the trenches as such a young person. I think everybody listening to this can now say two things. First, for the grace of God, right? That that was not me and that Shay took that for the team because that's mm-hmm. a lot of tough stuff. And gosh, I'm struggling with my teen, my self-talk, you know, my own esteem, my just questioning purpose. Um, and Shay is brought to the world herself and it is helping others do this. Um, tell them all about your podcast because um, I've listened to a couple episodes. I, it's always great. Um, but now I think I have a new name of your new podcast came in while you were talking. So I've got your ah. new podcast, but um, tell them about your current one. Yes, uh, it is called The Power of Investing in People. I interview people like you, Betsy, who are leaders in business industry or military industry who have hit an obstacle, invested in themselves in some way, shape, or form, and it just automatically overflows onto their life, their family, their business. And I share that story because I see a lot of, oh, I'm so wonder, life is so great and this is awesome. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Let's get down to the muck and the mire and talk about like, how did you get there? Yeah. Right. And then tell them your philosophy. I'm cramming in like a thousand hours of podcasting (laughs) into 25 minutes. So that's why I'm like, hey, tell them this. Um, Tell them about your philosophy, your fire, your sparks of fire and your acronym for fire, because I think all those words really resonate with me. Yeah. So uh, Sparks of Fire International is uh, just literally, I, I feel like a gift from God and fire stands for fearless conversations. I mean, yeah. Being fearless, uh, one, having intentional conversations, uh, intentional communication, uh, acknowledging your own resiliency is the R, and being excited about your life and business is the E. And as the chief excitement officer, it was because I was waiting to die for so many years that now I am the chief excitement officer. And you are not waiting to die now. You are living a bright and shiny and shiny life. Okay, I can't hold it back. I think your new podcast on GSPN is called Trauma to Treasure. Mm. Because how many people, you know, we look at trauma like it's negative, And I always use this about COVID, right? Okay, yes, it's horrific that an international plague hit our world. Yes, I'm not saying there's anything good about that. But I'm saying inside everything is a gift. So what is the gift? I always ask, what is the gift of me learning how to walk again? What is the gift? And the gift of COVID for me was a book because people had time and I got them to focus on the stew book. And the gift of COVID was uh, 60 more podcast episodes because I made How to Survive COVID 
as a podcast because we don't know how to cut your own hair, you know, how to wash your grapes five times because it's got the COVID on it. Um, You know, what else is a blessing of COVID? Um, That we got closer to my network because every Monday night we needed to see humans on Zoom. So we knew we were alive (laughs) because we were so scared to be in our basement. What is the blessing of COVID, you know? So um, I don't know that you want to do that podcast, but I think that there's really a value (laughs) in all of us understanding that the trauma is a tool and a gift yes, to find the treasure for yourself, for the world. And you're so good at all that. Okay. Everyone says, how do I get more Shay? I want more Shay. Tell them how to contact you. Absolutely. So I'm on, on social media, all the social media, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, uh, at Shay Sparks. It's S-H-A-S-P-A-R-K-S. You can also go to my website, shaysparks.com. And all the social media links are on there and the podcast on all platforms, Spotify, Apple, iHeart is uh, the power of investing in people with Shay Sparks. And you can always uh, reach out and email me or DM me uh, on social media, but you can email me at heyshay at shaysparks.com. Well, there you go. Well, you know, what I love about the show is spending a little time to tell the truth. Because mm-hmm. I really believe in the world, they see successful people like you, and they say, "Oh, Shay, so easy for her, you know, silver spoon." And like underneath, I want to be like, "Oh my gosh, if you just peel back and ask a question and have a, a heart for listening, uh, you will hear we're all in this incredible journey. We are all on this rocky road, and we can look all together on the outside and be pedaling as fast as we can on the inside." And that's probably uh, life's journey. Thank you so much, Shay, for being on Boost Power Podcast. And thank you all for listening today. You know, I say this. I had a poster when I was a kid. I think it was probably a military recruitment poster now that I look back. But I had it on my wall when I was a kid that said, today is the first day of the rest of your life. And I believed it. And mm. as a kid, every day I got up and said, oh, I'm going to start a little fourth grade charity today or sell bead bracelets. Um, and, uh, I really believe this podcast is the manifestation of that idea that you all heard this for a reason that Shay's honesty in her heart and her belief in Jesus in her pocket. I love that, um, is something that you needed to hear today. So please share our podcast on any of your favorite platforms and subscribe, tell others that want to be uplifted and inspired. This is Boost Power Podcast, and I'm your host. Betsy Weersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging in stories from the journey of life and business. Our music is by award-winning singer-songwriter Megan Burt, and we're produced at the Cinder Sound Studios in Colorado. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, people committed to podcasts on purpose that are designed to uplift and inspire. Please subscribe to Boost on your favorite podcast platform and tell your friends to join us. Learn more, BetsyWearsma.com.